Man, it's already Thursday if you're listening to this for us. Maybe Friday where you're at. We're still digesting everything happened in the week one of the NFL season. Plus, the home run race is heating up as Major League Baseball winds down to the playoffs. And happy Roberto Clemente Day. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie. And we are back because, you know what, we love sports and we had all summer where we were doing shows like every other week because it was so busy, but maybe it's not just sports we love. Maybe it's the fall. Maybe it's the autumn wind. Maybe it's the NFL and we're watching it right now. Jeff Bezos, does he own the NFL now, Biggie? The way that uh, Roger Goodell was cuddling up to him, I think he does. Like they, they were really, really quick to show that up there in the uh, whole uh, suite there. They were very buddy-buddy. I mean, that wasn't like a corporate professional shake hands type of deal. No, no, no. I think one of their pants was unbuttoned, but I'm not, not, not for certain of that. So, so many people online are just up and they're raging, man, because uh, it's not a typical uh, can't cable the provider. And they're like... I ain't paying for that online junk. I ain't streaming nothing. What's streaming me? But you know what's funny, though, is like I feel like I don't really pay for Amazon Prime. I guess I do every year. But like the the because we all stream, I guess, you know, we're we're good Gen Xers. We, we've adapted and evolved a little bit. But my phone has been blowing up the whole time we've been here about where's the game at? It's not on ESP. Like people are losing their mind. And uh, you know what? You just kind of learn to adapt. And I'm with you. It'd be better if it was just on basic cable television, but it's not. But we're going to watch it and enjoy it all the same. And just before we get off on a tangent here, we know we have our uh, Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks coming up. And, man, we had a disappointing first week, but there's always a chance to bounce back. But starting with tonight's game, I'm going to remind you, the Chiefs are a four-point home favorite. We all picked the Chiefs to cover, except for Biggie. Biggie, you lone wolfed. Why did you lone wolf on the Chargers? And don't think you're getting out of a lone wolf here. Uh, I took the Chargers for two reasons. One, I really like the Chargers. And two, uh, at four points, it seems like the last couple of years they've played the games. There's one or two that have went to overtime. They're close. So four points I like because I think it's a field goal game. All right, so we put it up before the game started on Facebook so everybody could see. We got it locked in on Pick Watch. And uh, right now it's 10 to 7 at the half. So are you still feeling confident about that? The Chargers are up. Feeling very confident. And it's in KC. I'm like, my God, they got to get rolling. I need Kelsey and I need my homes, man, to do their thing here. This is killing my fantasy team on top of my usual sure-in Thursday pick. So uh, not not a not a good, solid start to the week for any of us, as it feels. Maybe Biggie will be all right, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Last week with our picks, they didn't go great, but we'll definitely uh, digress into that more uh, here in a minute. Uh, but today is a, a day in baseball I wanted to bring up first. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to get into the, the thoughts of uh, you know week one NFL, a little bit of college football talk too, and then uh, stay tuned to the end of the show because I have a great pop culture question for both of you to find out what you hate more. And uh, I can't wait to ask. So uh, let's start off with uh, what is today? Today's Thursday. You're probably listening to this on Friday. But what did we have today in MLB? What is what is significant? Roberto Clemente Day. Roberto Clemente Day. And I know not everybody uh, knows exactly the impact of Roberto Clemente, but I know any baseball fan definitely can sure talk about it. Uh, the the thing about Clemente. Uh, we know he's a sp- Hispanic player, probably the most prolific Hispanic player uh, up until modern day because now you have more of them. But he was known for his humanitarianism, his tragic death while being a humanitarian. He ended his career on 3,000 hits uh, and, and, and even more. But just if, if you had to talk to your son about who Roberto Clemente is, what would you tell him about him? How would you try to, uh, I guess, chronicalize his impact on the game? I mean f- – it starts with the uh, humanitarian efforts first for me. I mean, yes, he was Latino, and it's about because he was Latino, but it was about how great of a human being he was. And you still have the Roberto Clemente Award today for the community uh, givers for each team. Um, he he literally died on a plane uh, doing what he did for you know humanitarian efforts. So um, he, he finished with three thousand hits evenly, even um, three hundred career hitter, I believe. 
Um, one of the probably still to this day is regarded as the best right field arm in the history of baseball. Probably the best pirate too overall. So, and, and I want to say, I know the pirates are dog shit, but the fact that MLB did not have the pirates playing at home today is a complete travesty. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, just more great leadership from the top there, isn't like, it? How do you not have the pirates playing at home? Like you could have done something with Manny Sanguian, who has a barbecue place at PNC, who was his best friend with, with the pirates. And you could honor him and bring out family members and other Latinos, you know, anybody that played the Clemente in Pittsburgh and because I don't say so here's here's another thing real quick. So the Rays today, I don't know if you saw I, that's it. what I was going to say. The Rays are doing more to honor Clemente than the Pirates the had first the chance ever to. Latino starting lineup. But the Pirates paved the way first. They had the first ever minority starting lineup and Roberto and uh, Manny Sanguin was on that team. Okay. But again, to your point. How do you foul this up, baseball? This is terrible. Uh, you should know this. This should be on the calendar every year to make sure this happens. It's not that hard. It's but, the same leadership that gets us a ghost runner in the 10th inning. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, before we talk about uh, home run chases and whatnot, just uh, quickly, the rule changes announced for next year. Mr. Brown is our resident baseball expert, and I'm sure there's tons of traction in America's pastime uh, for the love of baseball Facebook group. What are your thoughts on the rule changes? Are you excited about the ten foot by ten foot bases? I mean, what what are we what are we looking forward to here? I'm not really looking forward to any of it. I think a lot of it's gimmicky. Like, why do you need bigger bases? I guess it's just, they say it's a safety thing, but really, I mean, come on. Like, I don't I don't see the big difference. You're gonna you're gonna it's gonna translate into a few more stolen bases because it, the bang bang plays may now be safe. But honestly. Teams don't steal enough now for it to be that big of a difference. That's what I was going to say. Um, I don't like the pitch clock. I love the fact that baseball is the only untimed sport. I don't like it at all. Um, and what was the other one? I'm having a memory lapse here. Well, the shift. The shift, yeah, yeah. the big one. Um, I'm obviously against that because I have a show called Beat the Shift. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if a major league player can't beat the shift, then what are you doing? I mean, drop a button down. Everything be, be humble throughout the history of baseball. Uh, it, it's been about evolving against whatever's working, right? Like you're always trying. Not, I don't mean changing the rules all the time. I mean, they've lowered the mound and different things like that. But what I mean is eventually players figure things out. And to your point, the making the bases bigger, it's not going to create more exciting small ball or anything like that. They can say it's for safety or whatever. I don't even know why I even do it. Like, it's going to be such an insignificant change to the game. It's like change for the sake of change. Nobody's going to come out and their analytics team is going to be like, you know what, now we should start stealing because the bases are bigger. Unless, you know, they make them even bigger than we thought. Uh, it, it could be that. But uh, then the other part of that is the shift. You know, we're, we might be in the minority there where it's – I think all of us agree – play against it, learn how to beat it. Because if you can exploit it, you exploit it badly when you do because they leave such wide open. Uh, and then uh, the pitch clock, uh, I mean, that's not going to speed the game up dramatically. Uh, if you watch games now, the, the time's not much different than what they're doing. It's just for the sake of wanting to enforce something that's already in the rule book. Uh, so that's stupid. And then the other thing is if you think putting a pitch clock in is going to make people watch – like, oh, now it's two hours and, you know, 58 minutes instead of three hours and four minutes. Oh, I, I'm hooked now, baby. Like, come on. Well, it's like Mr. Brown said. It's the only untimed game that we have that is one of your four major sports or period. Now you try to put that in there. There's already ways that you can enforce guys going back and forth. They eliminated mound visits. The game has speeded up quite a bit with just a couple of things that they've done. The, uh, the thing that, uh, that slows the game down more than anything – offense you know offense and pitching changes yeah they already try to tweak the pitching change stuff but how are you going to speed the game up whenever somebody gets you know six base runners in an inning well, and it's not even that it's uh, the fact that uh, no one pitches to contact anymore and no one makes contact anymore so pitch counts are higher and they're striking out more so you're not putting the ball in play on the first like couple of pitches it's going to be a deep count um, so that slows it down yep you're right. I mean, you might have 80 pitches and through. It's, it's four not eights. uncommon to see an at bat that goes 12 to 14 pitches. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it happens a lot, but it happens every game. I yeah. mean, which is insane because you had guys 
20, 30 years ago, they could throw a complete game under 100 pitches. Now we can't get out of the fifth inning with 100 pitches. It's, it's insane. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about actual current events. Or you got something, Mr. Brown. Were you going baseball still? Or yeah, not? let's All keep right. it on baseball. Right, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so we, we talked a little bit last week on the show. Biggie, we missed you last week. But we talked about uh, Pudgels, Mr. Albert Pujols, and his uh, chase of legacy. He passed A-Rod, right? He's one ahead. Right. Uh, so we're, we're all excited about that. Can we get an applause for that? Woo! So uh, good good job, Pudgels. We love you. Uh, Biggie was also talking about Cardinals lore right before uh, the show started because uh, Yachty and uh, Wainwright broke the record for uh, most uh, battery starts. Is that yeah. correct? 325. Yeah. 325. <laughs> That's insane. You want to talk uh, about a record that will never be broken, it's that one. Guys don't play that long, and they certainly – don't play that long together. No, but no. explain to me how we see this every single week. The game's like 170 years old. Man, and we've still never seen this battery combination in the history of the game. And guys don't even play as long as, long as they used yep. to. It's like, how are we just now seeing this for the first time? Every I, single I week, this, I feel like there's something new. This is not the era that that's the, the one you think would get broken. Like... It just doesn't fit with anything else, which makes it so much more an outlier. It's but so weird because both of them's literally been around for 20 years, and the catcher in itself is insane. But then you have a pitcher. Neither one of them got traded. They yep. were the staples of the organization, battery mates for over two decades. Yeah. How does that happen? On, on, a, on a team that's always been competitive. Yeah, and does, does Yachty still have his original knees? I don't know. Probably not at this point. Probably doesn't have the same like, hips But the either. man can still shut down a running game, even at this oh, advanced yeah. age. Like, oh, yeah. You know he's catching. You're not running. You're not stealing on Yachty at 61 years old. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's still not happening. Um, but back to Pudgels real quick, as as awesome as the, the battery record is. So now as we're a week later, do we think Pujols will get to 700? I do. He's been hitting really well here lately. I think they got, what, 14, 16 games left in the season. Major League Baseball put a few juice balls in there to make sure he does at the end <laughs> of the year if, if it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, you never know. I mean, we love a good story. Do you think he's uh, got it, Mr. Brown? Is he going to hit at 700? I think he might stop on 700. Uh, it's what? What is today's date? The fifteenth, right? Fifteenth. So we got half a month to hit three. He's got. 15, I, I think. He, 14, I think he at least hits seven hundred. I can't say he goes over. That's where I'm at. I think he'll be around seven hundred. And I think last week though we were saying like seven oh four and some crazy. Well, it's because of the trend he was on. But uh, you know. I feel like in, they were only playing him against left-handed pitching, but they've been putting him in the lineup about every day now. Well, he's been playing that well. Right. He's he's earned that. But I think he gets there. I mean, and I think it's only fitting. You know, talking about him on Clemente Day because you have now he has joined the immortals of, you know, because we talked about this last year that no one even realized that he was number three all time in RBIs behind none other than Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth. Yep. And we talked last week too that he's the only guy uh, behind, he's he, the only guy ahead of him in intentional walks all time was Bonds. I learned that last week. And right. He's like top 10 in almost every offensive category. So, like, I know the sentimental vi or sentimental choice at first base is Luke Gehrig, but hands down, Albert Pujols is the best first baseman in the history of baseball. Yeah, it, he's one of the top two or three right-handed hitters in the history of the game. Go look like, at his first seven seasons. It is insane. Like, just – you think Mike Trout is the player of a – we, again, we talked about this last you week. You talk right-handed hitters, it's probably it, – you argue him, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron. Yeah, I was thinking I'd have Hank Aaron in front of him, but that's the only one. I mean, that's the three that you can talk and you could like potentially move around. That's about it. Yeah, I guess that that would be a, a poll question. Uh, who who's the better all around player for their career? Is it Hank Aaron or Albert Pujols? No, they will go Hank for Is that. This just for the sentimental. Or no, like, I mean he's leading. About he he had more longevity. So what about peak year? Oh, peak! It was uh, Pujols. Okay, no, so, I don't think anyone in the history of baseball matches that first eight to eight eight year run. Or I mean, maybe maybe that four or five year run Bonds had is probably a little better, but that that's but still not but as almost, long. Almost a full decade with St. Louis initially, and coming right out of the gate, and people oh, yeah. question how old he was. I don't know, but even if he was older than we <laughs> Hell, thought, that means he's like fifty. Yes, now. he's yeah. fifty <laughs> years old. That's why he's got the leg kick now, baby. Uh, All right. So speaking of home runs, though, before we get off baseball, uh, Aaron Jones. Judge, 
is having in his own right a record-breaking season uh, potentially. Right? He is he going to be the all-time American League home run king uh, for yes. a single season? You're saying yes. Where does he end up, big guy? We last week, I think Mr. Brown and I both kind of settled on 65, 64, 65. Range. I, I'm still there. I was going to say 63, 64. So we're in the same neighborhood. It'll be the AL champ, but if he gets over 65, I'd be amazed. So the weird part is the Yankees have fell apart. Their offense is anemic. He continues to rake despite no one else around him hitting the ball. So why are they pitching to him, I guess is my question. I don't know. I heard this on the radio the other day, and they were talking about how locked in Barry Bonds was, and you didn't pitch to him. And they're talking about Aaron Judge, and they said the same thing. Why is anyone pitching to him? We're so happy he's getting a hit. I I don't know if they aren't pitching to him at all. Like, I haven't been paying enough attention to see, like, are there – like, how many at-bats? Is he still getting four or five at-bats a game? I'm pretty sure he's batting leadoff, so they don't want to walk the leadoff, man. Is that why they're batting him leadoff? You you got to pitch to him. He's the first guy. Um, But, like, one thing about the Yankees, um, they're telling off, like I said, but no one talked about this at the trade deadline, the fact that they traded for Harrison Bader from St. Louis and gave them Jordan Montgomery, who's been absolutely lights out for the Cardinals. And the one thing the Yankees need right now is starting pitching. <laughs> so they wish they could do have a redo on that one because it's probably going to cause them to have an early exit in October, that one trade. Aren't, aren't all the pitchers they do have hurt anyway? Like, Don't they have like two or three on the I.L. like out of the right. rotation? I mean, it's, it's just weird to me because uh, San Diego was the darling at the deadline, but if you go back and look now, Juan Soto's been dog shit. The, I can't even think of the guy's name they traded him for, but he's played better than Soto since the trade for the Nationals. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, you don't know his name either. Look, but what I was getting at is the Cardinals, no one talked about their moves. They were kind of under the radar. They went and got uh, the dude from Pittsburgh, the lefty. Uh, anyways, they had Montgomery, and then they had this uh, Latino guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. But they had two starting pitchers, and it's completely changed their whole dynamic of their team. You know, the Cardinals, I know they play in the worst division in baseball. but they're Jose ne- Quintana. They're never a there team you, you want to play in the playoffs, though, right? Like, they, you just can't trust them as an easy out. So. And the hot corners they have, I mean, the, the – the, Arenado, Goldschmidt. The best in the game. Yeah. I mean, those guys have had MVP-type seasons almost. I, I mean, two just, that get into the playoffs, not to interrupt you, but you got Pujols on the streak for 700, and it kind of carries that whole feel over your team. And Wayno and Yachty. Yeah. Like, yes. They have a good feel around that team, and I hate it because, you know, they're dangerous. I'd rather face the Mets right now in the playoffs than the Cardinals. Yeah, the Mets are going back with both New York teams. Are well, going Scherzer, to Scherzer's out right now. I mean, there's no guarantees back. And the Dodgers, I guess Kershaw's banged up and Bueller's out. So, I mean, anything can happen with them too. So, yeah. are you liking your chances for the ATL? Dude, we need to Don't pass. Don't get overconfident. No, we need to pass the Mets first. I'd feel a lot better in the top two seed. I mean, now, if we have to earn it and play the first round, then it's going to be a lot right. harder road. So, are you feeling Houston out of the AL still? Is that is that your uh... – It's Houston and the rest. Now, I do like what Biggie's Mariners are doing. I'm not just saying it because he's sitting here. They're surging a little bit. We talked about it off air. I like the Mariners better than I like the uh, Yankees, and uh, there's no one in the Central that scares me. No. So I think it's between the Mariners and the Astros, to be honest. Mm. Hey, let's just keep an AL West, baby. It's like night baseball for everybody. We'll enjoy it. I'll be okay with getting swept in the ALCS because the Astros beat us every damn time. <laughs> ah, keep that optimism, baby. Right, we're not always consistent going through the world of college football, but it was a pretty interesting week, too. And, Biggie, I know you probably uh, had a little bit of lettuce on the games, a little, little bit of uh, action out there. I avoid usually week one of college football when it comes to gambling because I'm so scared. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen. And I got burnt one time on that $80,000 parlay. I thought I was going to win, and it's just made me me, uh, seek counseling ever since then. But, um, you know, our beloved Mountaineers are not that fun to watch this year. They lost to Kansas, just so everyone knows how, how terrible our season looks. But we had another team from West Virginia, had a, a wonderful upset, and another team in the Sun Belt Conference, the other Mountaineers, had an awesome win as well. So what were the darlings of the world of college football this past week? We had Marshall go into South Bend, touchdown Jesus, first time they'd ever played there, beat Notre Dame. I, the final ended up being 26-21, but Marshall was a far better team. And I don't know when the last time is I actually watched Marshall play, but uh, – 
was watching to see if Ethan Payne might get in the end zone. He got a couple carries inside the five. Yeah, I think he had a decent game, didn't he? Yeah, he got called back for a penalty. And then he had like the, two other six, seven-yard runs, but everything else was stuffed. The best thing he'd had all day was the freaking blocks in, in the trenches, man. He, he blew up some people there blocking. You that, that's hometown boy for those who don't know. Ethan Payne, he's a polka dot, and uh, he, he's doing some great things there. Even the announcers picked up on it. Like, oh, what a block by Payne. Yeah. And like, they never said Bring that. the pain. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, going to South Bend. Uh, all of a sudden, Ohio State doesn't look as good now because of that. Uh, they yep. had to grind out over Notre Dame. So, who was more impressive, Marshall's win over Notre Dame or Ohio State's? Definitely Marshall's. Because it was in South Bend, right? Yeah. And you it was about the same margin of victory. Even though they might only win four games this year, they were still in the top 10 when uh, Marshall beat them. Yeah, hey, that's that's they were going to be better if not for Marshall just completely derailing them. Uh, but uh, anyway. So which one's more impressive to you? I know where you're going next. So Texas A&M, they actually have a thing where they're home at the 12th, man. They fought yeah, the Seahawks for the number title six in the country. And they got beat by App State, who lost 63-61 the week before to so, Carolina. So North real quick, Carolina. the reason why I brought up West Virginia and the Mountaineers' rough start, did you see all the things in social media about Jimbo Fisher saying that, yeah, he would never rule out coming back to West Virginia? Yeah, I did see that. That son of a bitch knew the writings on the wall, man. Like He's like, I don't even know if we can beat Appalachian State. I better start hedging my bets for my next job. Yep. And uh, I, I don't know if you want a guy who can't beat Appalachian State at home in front of 90,000 people because uh, – Happy State got it done, baby. But Jimbo Fisher is a national championship winning head coach at Florida State. It I mean, feels like a lifetime. The program ago. completely fell apart afterwards. Larry Coker won a national title, too. Yes. Just throwing that out there. He's more Larry Coker than he is Nick Saban. Uh, man, I, I, I love – I don't know why, but I love watching Texas A&M struggle. I don't know yeah. why. I, I don't hate him as much as Texas, uh, who also – Almost pulled off a, a tremendous upset. Dude, if uh, Quinn Ewers, who started that game, would have stayed healthy, he went out uh, right at the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter with a shoulder injury when he got sacked, I think Texas would have won. Yeah, I mean, they, they still played him tough. It came down to the end, and, and Alabama just grinded it out and got that W. Uh, but I could not take my eyes off the giant uterus in the stands. Uh, that is You're the welcome. most amazing thing I've ever seen. And if you don't know, you guys need to look at Texas and their end zone stands. It looks like a uterus. So you, you know what makes you a longhorn running out of a vagina onto the field? Because that's exactly what they did. And I, I don't even know what else to say about that. Texas football ever wants to be good again. I saw a stat. They need to reboot uh, uh, Hank Hill. They, well, you know, if they bring back Arlen, Texas, and King of the Hill, then, you know, I'll be a happy person, and that'll be 30 minutes more of life I'll lose because I'll definitely watch that show when it comes back. Yeah. Love me some Mike Judge. But uh, I, I didn't even look. Is there any uh, good matchups coming up this week? Where's game day at? I haven't paid attention to any of this stuff. I haven't. This week I've been deep into other stuff. I haven't really looked at anything. There's uh, one top 25 game I can think of. BYU goes up to Oregon. Mm. And uh, other than that, I can't think of any like heavyweight type matchups. Oh, but speaking of last week, so another Sun Belt team, Georgia State, goes into Nebraska. Scott Frost, who was everyone's darling just a few years ago at UCF, now out the door. And they were so ready to be rid of him, they're paying him almost $17 million. Yeah, so let's let's just air the uh, fine print here on this. So if they would have waited till October 1st. It cut in half. It, it, his buyout would have went down, but they wanted to get rid of him so bad instead of waiting till October 1st and only paying him like $9 million to go away. They're like, no, we're going to pay you $17 million to go away right now. Yeah. I mean, how bad do you want somebody gone to not even wait two more weeks? Well, that $17 million, I, I saw they said $17 million for him to leave, leave because they owe him 15 and a half. And they paid Georgia State a million and a half to come in there and beat them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's even better. That's well. That's what Notre Dame's uh, last two non-conference games. What they spent four million dollars to lose to Cincinnati and Marshall. So yeah. that's some good athletic department budgeting right there. But. Uh, Alas, I have lost uh, focus on college football because the NFL season started, so I'm going to take a deep breath. We're going to come back. We're going to hit you with our stone-cold lead pipe locks of the week, but we're going to start with our thoughts and uh, takeaways on week one. So gather your thoughts, and we'll be right back. 
All right, I'm definitely excited to get to our Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Week so we can try to recover from the abomination that was week one and reclaim our spot atop the mountain. But before we get into that, just to help me get in the mood for these picks, I got them lined up, ready to go. Let's just kind of go over our thoughts and takeaways of week one because, man, I was so glad football was back. So let's just start with the NFC East. And I will say in our hardcore football fantasy league, I am deeply regretting drafting Dak Prescott as a quarterback. Uh, but I guess he's now out for weeks. The Cooper Rush era is underway. But uh, any thoughts and takeaways from the rest of the NFC least here? Well, I picked Dallas to win the division. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was. It's terrible. I mean, I mean, it's – Obviously, at this point, it's the Eagles' division to win or to, to, to lose. lose. So even uh, though they barely got past the the fighting, uh, biting kneecaps. Yeah, I think that uh, I was impressed with the commies, and then I'm not sure if Detroit's good or bad because it was 38-35, but they were down like 21-7 at one point. Mister Glass aired it out, didn't he? Over 300 yards in the air, four TDs too. Ooh, oh. TDs. <laughs> 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 The, uh, son of a bitch. But uh, Eagles probably still the the flavor of the division there. Uh, but what about the – do anybody have the Giants uh, even being in that game against the Titans, let alone winning? No, I didn't think they would be. I thought the Titans would win by at least a touchdown. That call at the end there, I'm not sure if that's like, rah, rah, let's go team. This is how we're going to play football. You went for two down one with like a minute and five seconds left. Saquon ran it, and he damn near got stopped short. But he was the best running back in week one. He was. Like, not. Uh, it's just crazy. The guy that I'm scared to draft in fantasy because he can't stay healthy. But well, he, I drafted him in two other leagues, and obviously I didn't get him in ours because I drafted eighth, but I would have taken him yeah. had he fell to me. But, you know, I, I'm, I was howling him this year. Eventually he's got to stay healthy. He's, a, he's a, Him and McCaffrey just scare me. Uh, I would have drafted Barkley ahead of McCaffrey. Hmm. Yeah, I had Barkley last year. Of course, he ended up getting injured. But when he's healthy, he's a stud, and he's never out of the game. Like, if they're down 28-3, to three, he's in there every down catching pass. Yeah, because he can. Uh, so, all right, so let's keep moving. Let's go to the NFC South. Uh, there, any any what thoughts, takeaways? Uh, I know Tampa got the job done. I mean, it, the Tampa, Fal- Falcons won. I don't even know what to think Who'd the Falcons beat? Beat the Saints. No, they lost to the Saints. They covered. They covered. My bad. They covered. Yeah, Saints end up kicking a field goal right at the end. Jameis Winston had a huge fourth quarter where he had like two touchdown passes and 200 yards because the Falcons were up in that game. Somebody dropped him in the middle of the game, and then uh, I couldn't get him off waivers. I was upset. I needed somebody to replace Dak, and it wasn't him. But anyway. I'm telling you, uh, I said it last week that uh, I expect some decent things from Jameis this year, and he has weapons. He has Landry, and he has Thomas coming back. And you still have the Swiss Army knife in there, uh, under center and tight end and running and whatever he Tyson does. Hill. But uh, I, I I feel like they have a chance to compete for a wild card. So AK forty one still running back. He go to jail. I, I didn't remember anybody drafting him. No, he got drafted. He's just not in jail yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just right. I just feel like. Where was he? Because I didn't hear anything about him in week one. Like, yeah, I don't. Saquon I don't, had the big game, and you know what I mean. I don't understand why Camara is not suspended though. Like he he should have been right. He's not suspended, correct? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I mean, but you're right. He was so low on the radar. Like it's ah, it's crazy. All right, real quick, the Panthers and the Brownies. Uh well, Baker, did he prove anything? Do we got another turnover in this game? I think they overruled that interception. Oh, they did. So oh, they still got the ball. Good job. All right. So, how'd you feel about Baker uh, going going against Cleveland? I thought that uh, Carolina would win the game. I didn't see any of it, but I heard there might have been a bad penalty penalty call towards the end that let uh, Cleveland get in position to kick a field goal to win it. Yeah, I heard that too. But like we had discussed off mic, our uh, streaming services were a little glitchy, and we were pretty much stuck watching one game and not red zone, but. Uh, I, I don't think he proved anything, but I don't think he disappointed either. I mean, he was fine. No, no, he's not fine, Chad. You he, got the take all wrong because the fact is, it was a pick'em between Cleveland, pick Jacoby, and and Baker. He had every opportunity to show Cleveland that it wasn't me, it was you, and he loses to Cleveland to a backup by doing. Baker things, and he's never going to be a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL ever again, and nor should nor should he be. Uh, he's got a long list of college disappointments. He'll start. He'll start another sixteen games for Carolina because they got. That's all they got. <laughs> but uh, 
if maybe he should have played defense, try to tackle Kareem Hunt or something because they they couldn't stop the ground game. But did you see uh, what the Browns have in midfield? Yeah, the now Keebler they, Elf or something. What is that? It's uh, a little person or a leprechaun or something. I don't, I don't know. They're bringing back logo. the 1955 Cleveland Brown logo. That's uh, it's interesting. But it does look like them uh, Keebler uh, cookies. Yeah, definitely. Give me them uh, El Fudge. Yeah, is that's that what, what it is. Yeah, hell yeah, baby. Dip him in some milk from a tree. That's good shit. Yeah. All right. So, uh, how about the uh, NFC North, Biggie? You're so high on the Vikings. Did they disappoint? No, they did kind of what I was hoping they would do. They attacked all game. Of course, Green Bay sat in a zone. That's the one afternoon game that I get, did get to see. Didn't adjust. And with Green Bay, it's hard to tell because last year they got killed by the Saints and then I, they won 13. Right. I think so. we all picked the Vikings to cover that game, even though a lot of us have the Packers winning that division, just because Green Bay week one is just a shit show every year. Treat it like the preseason yet. My, yeah. my biggest surprise was Chicago. Like well, they 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 went in there and at home and dominated the the Niners in a, a, a freaking storm monsoon. of liberal tears. I mean, they, they they went nuts. Yeah, I I don't even know what you can take away from that game. I take this away from it. You guys see the view down the sideline of the where they slid? No, yeah. the paint. Oh. Instead of being in a straight line from pocket it to was pocket, just, yeah. it was wavy. It was. It was awesome. Wait a minute. We got a touchdown? It I wasn't Kelsey, though. I wish it was Kelsey. Who's 84? Backup tight end, of course. <laughs> oh, nice grab. The chefs are back in this one. All right. Well, I'll take six. It's better than nothing. Uh, all right. NFC West. Let's close out the NFC West. Uh, surprise has got to be the Seahawks beating Denver, right? Uh, yeah. Well, and how bad the Rams looked. Well, but I think Buffalo is the best team in the NFL. And yeah, I, I, well, we all say that right now, and I think it's it's by a, a decent margin. Uh, what about the Cardinals just laying an egg? I was going to say, how bad did it surprise you that the Chiefs just put it on them? Like, killed them. I in Arizona. Them. Yeah, you know, the Chiefs winning isn't obviously that big of a surprise, but they were up by three touchdowns. It felt like right away, and it stayed that way. We're not going to hear I mean, we're we're only one year removed from MVP Calamari. That's what I was going to say. We're not going to hear MVP Calamari (laughs) anymore, are we? That's Calamari. Calamari. That's done, and I'm sad for it. After they had to put the extra study time in his contract, I'll never call him MVP again. He's not even worthy of being called the muscle midget. <laughs> he could be at midfield for the Cleveland Browns. I, yeah, he is. That's what they modeled it exactly. after. It wasn't Baker that planted the midfield uh, flag in Ohio. It was uh, just Kyler Murray standing there on the fifth. MVP Kyler Murray. But uh, all right, let's switch over to your AFC East. Your Patriots and Dolphins. Did you have the Patriots covering? You didn't, did you? I yes, did take did. them to cover. You did. So yeah. that's insane because I, I, I did too. I didn't know this for sure, but I feel like New England never wins in Miami, especially early in the season, and then after the game i saw on espn eight out of the last 10 games in miami the dolphins have won yep yeah they beat them uh overall four out of the last five yeah i just know when they play in florida especially if it's before november like don't take new england they suck well it's 20 to 7 final to final score but two plays in that game where there was a misprotection gets hit fumble and then a fourth and seven for midfield with like 20 seconds left in the first half they get a touchdown on it's weird neither team was good. And for the Dolphins to win by two scores when they suck that bad, I'm curious how bad the Patriots are going to be this year. Mm, it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look pretty at all. Uh, the Jets look even less pretty. Uh, and somehow our basketball who just calling your name, Chad. Oh it's like, beat me, beat me. I need to play. Uh, how about speaking of things that say beat me the Jets said that to uh Lamar Jackson I thought he was gonna talk about Zach Wilson's mom and you nah, completely he, went into he didn't direction. even play so I couldn't make that connection <sighs> there's always a way yeah the elite Joe Flacco Joe Flacco making his return and uh he had the best agent in NFL history right put him in the Hall of Fame put him in the Hall of Fame now all right, so uh, Baltimore looks like they're kind of back, a uh, force to be reckoned with. I think that's fair to say. Uh, it's his uh, contract year, right? Yeah, so he's, he's out there to prove himself. And then uh, Buffalo, we already established, probably best team in the NFL. Let's go AFC North. Steelers beat the Bengals. I think it was a shit show. The Bengals had five turnovers. Joe Burrow looked terrible as far as interceptions go. The Steelers still barely won. Bengals would have won if they could snap the ball to a field goal kicker. So the Bengals had how many turn- turnovers and almost still won? Five. And the Steelers had zero. Oh, my Patriots might stand a chance this weekend. 
if the <laughs> if the Steelers are that bad with five turnovers, they couldn't beat them as bad as the Patriots are. We Dude, they they should have lost with getting five turnovers. Yep. That that's insane. Uh, and then uh, we already covered the Browns, so we'll move on. AFC South. Uh, what was the big stat about the AFC South this week? Not a single team in the game, not a single team in the division won a game and two of them played each other. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. So we all kind yeah, of – So the biggest kick there for me is I'm real high on the Colts. That's and, what I was going to say, man. Yeah. What happened? How do you do that to the Texans? Dude, I mean, they, done, they done cut Rodrigo. Like, that's how bad it is. is that there had to be a sacrificial lamb after yes. that. Yeah. They, 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 they there's videos a of him <laughs> practicing in a complex in downtown Indianapolis – Right, hours after he got cut, and it went viral. Really? Yes. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Poor Rodrigo. He might play for that fake uh, high school team on ESPN. Yeah, that one in uh, Ohio. (laughs) What was it called? Damn it, I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Open tryouts. Damn it. (laughs) What was that called? Uh, All right, so uh, what about the Titans? Like, they they lost to the Giants again, a shit show. Uh, Are are the Texans – how many games are the Texans going to win? I wouldn't see the Texans winning more than four or five. They got uh, the neck at quarterback, Damian Pierce at running back, which nobody had heard his name until, you know, a month ago. And what else? Lovey Smith with his Santa beard. They're so damn bad, they need to be happy for the tie they just got. I can't even tell you how many games they're going to win. <laughs> I, 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 I can't even talk. I'm so frustrated. I bet it's less than a field goal. It's probably less than <laughs> Sycamore High School. I just looked it up. But uh, all right, so moving on to the uh, AFC West, probably the most uh, loaded division. And you had interdivisional games, the Chargers and the Raiders. Mr. Brown, thoughts, takeaways on that one since you're a Raiders guy? Uh, I mean, I didn't get to watch it because our service took a shit, but uh, I felt like the Raiders, uh, they lost by five, and the Devontae and Carr connection was strong. I felt like he tried to force the issue into Devontae a little too much when Renfro was open. Um, but uh, they, we have a lot of weapons. I don't feel like we're going away. I feel like we have a just got to figure it out, right? I feel like we got a wild card push in a still. Just got to figure out how to use all that. San Diego is a lot of people's darlings in the top five of most power LA. rankings, and we only lost by five. Los Angeles. Did I say San Diego? You did. But that's okay. It should be San Diego. But we only lost by five, so okay. I, I'm fine. Well, you know, you got an interdivisional game tonight with the Chargers and Chiefs, and it looks like it's going to be a barn burner here, so that'd be good. And then uh, who are we For leaving me, out? it's the Broncos. Monday night, you give all that money to uh, Russell yes, Wilson. Sir. Trade all those picks, and you won't go for it on fourth and five. You'd rather kick a what was it a sixty-four yard? Yeah, yeah so goal? dude, leave Seattle because he doesn't trust the organization. They don't trust him long term. He didn't get the big deal and all that stuff. So you went to a place that doesn't trust you to go for it on fourth and five, and would rather kick a sixty-four yard field goal. The end of this game, end of that Why? game too. I sent. Uh, you that video of Peyton Manning with the timeouts. Yeah. Because him, Shannon Sharp were on there, both Broncos, and of course Eli on the, the Manning cast. And he's just sitting there, dude, dude, time dude, time with time a minute time left. Time he's just like, like you the can clock tell management he wants was to terrible. Say something, but he's on the mic, so he can't. Mm. So uh, a lot happened in week one. So we just talked that out. We, we got it out of our system because. We got to bounce back from our stone-cold lead pipe locks in week one. I'm going to adjust my mic here and get a little more comfortable here uh, because last week, Mr. Brown, who led all of us the year before with a record – I'm just going to remind everybody – 150, 120, and two last year, but you started off going six for ten. You know, I also went six for ten. Uh, Biggie went eight and eight and Turbo Tommy, who's somewhere playing darts, trying to find a trip to Vegas, went nine and seven. So our highlight was nine and seven, but that's a winning record. So at least one of us showed up. So uh, without further ado, let's get into these damn picks. Hit the music. And as we already discussed, we hear that music. It gives us chills. The autumn winds here. We're drinking coffee. We got the, the, the nice chill in the air. The autumn air is here. And we're watching like the 68 degrees, 68 degrees. And we love and the Chargers and chiefs are playing. We already talked about that game, but let's start off with a barn burner, a big one. We talked about the elf on the shelf, making its debut at the 50 yard line, the jets on the road to the Browns. The Browns are getting six and a half at home, baby. They're the favorites. They're going to bring that uh, midfield midget in in style and cover this one. Brown's going to win 30 to 20. Mr. Brown. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry, did that pick watch up? 
All right, now that I got the spreads in front of me, uh, six and a half, like you said, I'm going to – is Flacco starting again? He is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have no confidence at all. I'm, I'm just going to go with the home team. I don't think the Jets do anything. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the Jets are just or Jets are absolutely terrible. Like I, even with Wilson, they're probably a little better. But my God, they're they're terrible. So uh, we'll say clean sweep across the board there for the Brownies. Uh, let's go to a uh, divisional matchup down south where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head into New Orleans. The Bucks and the Saints, they usually play really weird games, but Sean Payton's not there now, so who knows. But the uh, Bucks on the road are a two-and-a-half point favorite. I'll take the Bucks to cover on the road. In years past, it was kind of easier in a close game, one of these to take. The Saints, because they had played them so well, actually kicked their butts a couple times. But I think that uh, Jameis is going to be – coming crashing you know 30 touchdowns 30 interceptions he had a big fourth quarter he's gonna have a really bad game this week you know i'm gonna go with the saints because i feel like you know the rumors are swirling you know is there trouble in paradise with brady and and the missus is he i've already heard rumors he's pissed off at himself because he decided to come out of retirement again i don't think his head's completely into it yeah he played the cowboys but i mean that was like a preseason game. It's a good warm-up. I feel like it's a different ball game down there in Nolans, so I'm, I'm riding the Saints. Mm, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, I uh, also have the Buccaneers, just because I'm not a believer in uh, the Saints with Jameis and all that, and I feel like uh, that was basically the preseason game for Tampa. Now that they got the preseason game, everybody talked about how the Broncos didn't play anybody in preseason, and that's why they lost. You saw the Seahawks play like a whoa machine in that, in that night game. I think Tampa, they knocked the, the rust off. They're going to be ready to go. They're going, they're going to easily cover the spread. So, Mr. Lone Wolf, let me hear it. Oh, when the Saints go marching in. Go marching in. When the Saints go marching in. All right, there we go. We got a Lone Wolf out the gate, baby. I'm feeling good. How about the Panthers on the road to New York where the G-Men they found themselves a home favorite at one and a half, which is a, a very small spread for a home team. See, this is a game that I wouldn't bet unless you gave me money, so I'll bet it. But the Giants one of the worst franchises in the NFL in the last seven, eight years. I saw a stat that said that they are over 500 for the first time since Obama was president. <laughs> nice. It's been a minute. Uh, Carolina will bounce back this week. Get the W. I've already told you guys how complete dog shit Baker Mayfield is. Do I need to tell you that again, or did you hear me the first time? Uh, I heard you the second time, too. So if you don't All say right. it again, I'll hear the third. So this is a battle of the, the two running backs that can't stay healthy. We got Saquon against uh, CMC. So I'm going to go with Barkley. He's going to show out again a second week, and he's going to run all over Carolina, and it's going to be the Giants at home. So uh, typically you give three to the home team. To me, this is a pick em game, and I, I think the Giants win by three because they're at home, so I got them to cover. So uh, you're riding progressive Baker Mayfield and flow and all that nonsense. So uh, how you feel, Biggie? I'm hypnotized by that hieroglyphic panther they show before the game. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Let's be but uh, let's hear your lone, lone wolf, buddy. Lone panther. Wow. <laughs> That's his confidence. That was, yeah, it wasn't quite a roar. It was more like uh, the house cat that uh, was trying to let you know the litter box. It's, yeah, I was going to say, change that litter box because there's a lot of shit in here. Uh, so, speaking of a lot of shit, the Steelers are at home hosting the Patriots, two teams that are uh, not looking that good. But you know what? They got to win between both of them. So, uh, the Patriots, though, are the team that didn't win, and they're going in there as a two-point favorite against the Steelers tells you what Vegas thinks about the Steelers like you just said the, the home team as far as Vegas goes they'll typ- typically give you three points just for being at home as bad as the Patriots were they'll come out this week and cover this too easily I keep hearing about the five turnovers with Cincinnati against the Steelers Steelers didn't have any well but here's the difference the Cincinnati offense is actually dynamic correct and the New England <laughs> offense is like watching snails but I, we can't I mean Steelers are going to roll the Pats this week. Mm, so uh, I'll look at this game with um, T.J. Watt is going to not be playing. He's out until uh, you know. Six this is a butthurt pick coming yeah, up. Yeah, he's out until till, till uh, you know the uh, it is a butthurt pick. So I'll just cut right to it. Play return of the Mac because Mac Jones is going to take the Patriots to victory. 
You're the lone wolf of the Steelers. I don't even know what the hell the Steelers do because they're not winning this game. It doesn't even matter. Well, I don't know what to do with the lone wolf either, but all I can tell you is is there's no gravy pouring out this week out of Trubisky's legs. Go Steelers! That'll work. And now the Steelers fans everywhere are already calling for Kenny Pickett, baby. Let the hometown kid play. Uh, all right, here's a, here's a show that might break the ratings right here. The Colts on the road against the Jaguars. I don't even want to watch this after this game. But anyway, the Colts are uh, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Last week, Jacksonville went in and got beat by a touchdown by the Commies. The Colts are coming off a game they tied in which we all thought they'd win by 10 points. They bounce back this week. Matt Ryan goes nuts. Colts by 10. The Colts have to make a statement this week in this game, and if they don't, uh, there's serious problems in Indy. Um, I feel like they're way too they're, they're way more loaded. Jonathan Taylor's going to run wild. I don't like Matt Ryan anymore. I think he's old, and, and I, I've seen I've seen him in. You didn't like him when like he wasn't a old. Decade, um, so that he's not going to be the reason. It's going to be Taylor and the coach defense will tighten up, and they're going to win pretty uh, handedly. Clearly, they got rid of the cancer in the clubhouse by cutting Rodrigo Blankenship. Now that oh, they exactly. removed that distraction, they're going to roll. They're going to roll the Colts. I, you know, is it too early to say they're playing for their playoff lives? In that division, it is too early. Because <laughs> yeah. that's how it feels. <laughs> yeah. All right, Colts across the board. All right, so we got an interesting game. Two one and no guys here. The Dolphins on the road to Baltimore. Vegas likes the Dolphins. The Ravens are only a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Give me the Ravens all day long. Easy one. All day long. Yeah, I agree. Raven, the fact that it's three-and-a-half, I probably would have taken it at six, to be honest. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I feel like the uh, – Anything under a touchdown you felt yeah. comfortable yeah. yeah, the Ravens are just a better version of what Miami wants to be, and they're, they're going to absolutely just destroy them. I know they beat the uh, non-dynamic Patriots, but, I mean, I, I got to see some more out of Tua before I'm a believer. Yeah. That's my opinion. And they're not at home. They're playing in Baltimore, and Baltimore is healthy. And uh, J.K. Dobbins didn't even play last week. He could have. They just rolled him out at the end. Uh, they're just bringing him back slow. They're so confident in what they got. They're not They're not rushing anything right now. So, Ravens all day. All right, so the Washington emails, I mean, commanders or commies or whatever we want to call them now, they are on the road to Detroit. Uh, the Lions, one-point home favorite. Do you see where this is the first time Vegas has the Lions favored to win a game? in like three and a half years. Since is the that, Obama era? Is that a, <laughs> since the Jimmy Carter era? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like William Howard I, Taft is proud right now. Yeah. Shit. Right, so what What you got? Uh, true toss-up. With the Lions being at home and the fact that I think that it's early in the season, everybody still has hope. Dan Campbell seems like a guy you'd love playing for. If they come out and get this win at home. I think uh, Washington continues what they started week one. I think they beat the Lions here um, by a touchdown. I like uh, Mr. Gibson running wild on them. and I like Campbell, but I like I think Washington's the better football team. I, I, I'm with you uh, with Washington being the better football team. Uh, however, Detroit, last year, they were my most consistent team. Remember, we all fell in love with the Lions over the past two years. They didn't win many games, but, but they, damn it, they covered, them. man. They are the darlings this is of a pick covering. And it basically is a pick em. And if it's the first time the Lions have been favored in three decades, then damn it, I'm taking them <laughs> because they deserve it. I'm even willing to take the L over that one because the Lions mean that much to me. So uh, you're the lone wolf on the commies. You got mail. <laughs> exactly. That's perfect. <laughs> All right, the Seahawks coming off a big win. Maybe oh. maybe the biggest win they'll have all year. They are on the road playing the San Francisco 49ers where the forecast does not look like a monsoon. The Niners are an eight-and-a-half-point home favorite. Give me uh, the finding Genos to cover right here. I don't think that they are as good as they looked at times last week, but San Francisco with Trey Lance, until they can prove it to me, the field was as just as bad for Chicago last week, and they put 19 on the board. I I cannot trust San Francisco as good as that roster is until I see Trey Lance really take a step forward. Mm. Mr. Brown, your thoughts on this one? This is an interesting game. Uh, I think the spread is a little too big early on from what uh, the Niners proved last week. 
Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Niners win, but I don't think they win by this much. I'm going Seahawks. Damn, I'm surprised. We're all aligned on this one. It's kind of the same thing. I I think the Niners win. Eight and a half is a big spread for them to still be figuring things out with uh, Trey Lance and whatnot. And Seattle plays a conservative style. We saw a lot out of Penny, too, last week. Uh, if not for a couple holding penalties, imagine uh, you know how good. But then again, Seattle does have two rookie tackles, so we'll see yeah. what happens. Uh, but I, I think eight and a half is too much. They win the game by seven, but not more than that. Um, let's uh, let's get in some big numbers here. How about the Rams on the road to Atlanta, where they are a ten point road favorite? Part of me wants to think the Rams bounce back here because I have them rated as the top three four team in the league. They brought everybody back and. They win big, but I think that it's, again, early enough in the year that a coach that you like you're really fighting for. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons to cover because that 10 is a big number. That is a big number. Uh, I'm taking the Rams just for the fact they are the Super Bowl champions. They got punched in the mouth by Buffalo, the best team in the NFL. The Falcons have (laughs) – they're god-awful. I feel like the Rams are going to dominate this game. They've got to show up this week. Uh, I pretty much just double that sentiment. They, they they have no choice but to show up in this game, and I think they'll show up well. I think they'll figure some things out, and I expect a big game out of Daryl Henderson in this one, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, so you're the lone Falcon. Caw-caw! <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, the Texans on the road to the Broncos. Let's go back-to-back with a 10-point spread. This time the Broncos at home. So how do they bounce back? They bounce back in a big way. With Houston also coming back to earth, they cover the 10 at home. Russ Cook. I like how he likes the Broncos, but not the Rams. It's because they're at home, I guess. Maybe that's why. Who cooks in this one, Mr. Brown? Uh, this, one, this one's tough for me. Um, I'm going to go with the Texans to cover. Mm. Just because, I mean, if your coach don't have no confidence in his own quarterback, I mean – what kind of game plan do you have to, <laughs> this week? Um, I, I, I'm taking – see, I took the Texans last week to cover, and I was the only one that got that right. I just felt like AFC South, that's how that stuff goes. Uh, I, I'm going back to the fact that the uh, Seahawks didn't really have a preseason with their starters. They had it last week. They got the, that shit out of their system. They're at home. They're going to open up a can of whoop-ass on, on Houston. It's not. I think it's going to be an ugly game. And then you're going to be all excited about the proposition of Denver and Russ for the rest of the season, yeah. at least for one week. So give me the uh, Broncos hammering the over on that 10-point that spread easy. Uh, so boy, what's a lone Texan do this year? What the hell does a Texan do? Switch to an electric car. <laughs> Get along, little doggy. <laughs> there you go. All right, the Cardinals. Going into Vegas in the Death Star, the Raiders are a five-and-a-half-point home favorite. I, I like the Raiders at home. I like the Devontae car connection. Um, I'm not sold on Kyler Murray, you know, even though he's an MVP candidate in some people's Kyler. eyes. I'm going Raiders all day. I'm hammering the Raiders as well. I think they bounce back. When you don't play your guys in the preseason, you got a new coaching staff. you got to get through some live fire before you get going. I think that the Raiders are going to score over 30 this week. Call of Duty is doing double the experience points this weekend, and anytime that happens, Calamari has a terrible game because he's staying up all night playing video games. So give me the Raiders as well all day long. All right, how about the Bengals on the road? To Dallas, the Cowboys with Cooper Rush and company. Bengals are a seven-point favorite after coming off a loss in week one. I'll throw it right back to you with one question. What's the final score? Because I know you're taking the Bengals to cover. Uh, the final score is going to be like 31 to 13. Okay. I think that if uh, Cooper Rush scores 13 points with the Cowboys this weekend, I will uh, – I don't know what I'll do. I'll shave my beard. <laughs> How many turnovers we have? Um, <laughs> from Dallas? Or is Joe Burrow going to throw uh, four interceptions? Yeah. Uh, I don't care how many turnovers. Uh, I'm riding the Bengals all day. That's an easy one. Mm. Are, are you also riding the Bengals big? Just making sure I got that yes, right. Yes, sir. All right. So we're, we're all easily taking them to cover that seven-point spread. If they don't, then uh, we can start calling them the Bengals the rest of the year. I'll go ahead and say that now for you. All right, how about the NFC North, the black and blue division, the Chicago Bears coming off a huge win, going into Green Bay, who got destroyed. But Vegas don't care about none of that because the Packers are a nine-and-a-half-point home favorite. This game's a little tough for me to pick in one reason. You know, like 
Green Bay starts slow, so I'm expecting a bounce back here. And to me, 10 points isn't that much for a team that Rodgers has really owned throughout his career in Green Bay. But somehow it seems like these games typically end up a little closer than what you'd expect. So I'm going to take the Bears to cover. Mm, interesting. Uh, Just because it's at 9.5, so it's a 10-point game. I think it'll be lower scoring. I'm also taking the Bears. I feel like the Packers win, but I feel like the Bears keep it close. I mean, who? name one of uh, Rodgers' receivers. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> St. Brown. Uh, no, no, he's gone. Oh, he's not even there now. Um, it's uh, Alan Lazard. There you go. You yeah. Go. There we go. Baby Gronk. But he didn't uh, play last week because he was hurt. Yeah, so. Um, you see my point. All that, all that being said, I, I just want to be different here, man. Everybody knows that the Bears' daddy is Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to be a who's your daddy type game and the Packers get back on track because that's what they do. They screw up in week one and make you think they're done. Then they come back and whip somebody's ass. So go pack, go. All right. The Titans going into Buffalo. I remember they played on a Thursday night last year. This is a Sunday night game. And I remember it was a great game and the Titans got the W and the bills started getting a little shaky after that, but this is a new season and the bills are a 10 point favorite against the Titans. What a reason I thought this Tennessee-Buffalo game was like they were doing a doubleheader on Monday night or something like that. Hey, are they doing that? I don't. I, I can't. thought they were supposed to do that this past week, and then and they didn't did. do it. Either way, it's uh, it's rather a Sunday night or a Monday night game. In my mind, it's a Monday night game, and the reason that I like the Bills in this game, two reasons. One, as we all said, they're the best team in football. But two, I remember going to a Monday night game in Buffalo it's when Sunday. they played the Titans, who were the Oilers at the time. Okay. So the Oilers the aren't playing in this game. No, it I is know. Monday. It is Monday. You're right. It is Monday. Yeah. So we are getting the Monday doubleheader. They yeah. just did it week two. So I got really wordy there to say I think the Bills win. Right. Like so the Bears and Packers will be the Sunday night game. Yeah, then. that's so right. That's interesting. All right. So uh, Titans, Bills, uh, again, Bills, 10 point. Uh, right now it's Bills and everyone else. Uh, Tennessee don't have that firepower, and especially if they get behind. All they have is Derrick Henry, so they can't keep up with Buffalo. Yeah, I see him winning by like 14. I think Vegas gets the, the spread. They probably could have went a little higher than 10. I wouldn't be surprised to see this line move right. uh, between now and then. But uh, all right, so we're across the build, uh, uh, across the build, across the board on the Bills because nobody circles the wagons quite like them. But let's bring it home. Last game, Biggie's second favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings on the road to Philly. The Eagles, though are the favorite at two points. Well, you know, I picked the Eagles to win the NFC East, but it's also known as the NFC Least. The NFC North Division 2022 champion Vikings are going to stroll in there and win by a touchdown. Give me the best wide receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson. I'm betting all my Kirk Cousins Coles cash on this game. Damn, the damn Coles cash. Here's a guy who looks like he's got some Coles cash. Uh, if I'd have saw that Minnesota was the favorite, it wouldn't have surprised me in this matchup, even though they're the road team. Um, I'm going Minnesota, and I don't think it'll be close. Mm. So uh, I, I, this is, to me, like the most difficult game, actually. I think it could go either way. Philly at home is always tough, and they play a certain style of game that can, can frustrate some teams. Uh, Minnesota, you know, they got up for Green Bay. I, I could see them having a little bit of a letdown playing a non-divisional game after that big start. Uh, I'm going to go Lone Wolf one here and give me a fly, Eagles fly, because they're going to get this one done at home. You, and then all of a sudden you're going to think the Eagles are doing all right this year. You do realize Nick Foles isn't even on that roster anymore. Hey, but he is in spirit. <laughs> they still have the statue. They just moved it somewhere, the, the one that Bud Light gave him. But uh, there we go, man. That locks in our week two NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Week. All we got to do is wait on uh, Turbo Tommy to send us his, and we'll be all good to go. But uh, let's take a deep breath, and we'll come back for one last segment. Enjoy some football this weekend, everybody. All right, guys, I had a pop culture question I wanted to ask you uh, as we wrap up the show. But before I get into that, we're all big fans of a certain Netflix series that happened to come back this past week. Are we all done binge watching it at this point? Have we all seen Cobra Kai? I have, yes. Are we going to go ahead and say spoiler alert before? Have you seen it, Mr. Brown? Did you watch Cobra Kai? You said you did. Right? Oh, I binge watched it on uh, Sunday and then finished it Monday. Okay, so we're, we're all good. So if you're listening to the podcast, spoiler alert, we're going to talk a little Cobra Kai here. Um, so before I get into anything else about the show, John Silver 
is a badass. Like, they made him out to be such a good villain. I'm almost sad to see him go to jail. Terry Silver? Terry Silver. Well, I say John Silver. That's a wrestler. Never mind. I'm getting confused. Terry Silver. Long John Silver? Long John Silver. You took John Kreese and Terry Silver and put them together. Uh, I did. Well, John Silver is a wrestler in AEW, too. Got He's it. that little muscle guy. But anyway. Uh, like when season four ended and Kreese went to jail, you were kind of thinking how season five would play out with Silver as the villain. I, he played it perfectly. He, he, he did was, great. He was better than what Kreese was in the pre- previous mm. season. Yep. And then uh, the fact he's gone now, though, you were kind of saying it earlier, it feels like a lot of these uh, story arcs have been kind of tied up. Like, what do you do for one more season? You know they're coming back for it, but I don't know where you go from there. And, like, Kreese got out of jail, and like, but he he did it. He broke out, right? Like, So he's got to be on the low. Like, he can't be out there. He can't come back and be like, all right, we're into this uh, world-famous karate tournament with this granddaughter of the guy i trained with i'm taking over for oh, or does he go like abroad and start like another dojo like in japan or something <laughs> and like that they end up in the tournament against crease you know yeah. is that what happens interesting uh, the, speaking of uh japan chosen Cho- awesome. chosen man. I-, I love chosen uh i love uh just hearing a japanese accent speak english for a whole season it's fantastic you rack a discipline canadian biggie <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's what he says though it's great I-, I love chosen one of my favorite he took a knife a sword to the back and he he, he survived he's doing good laying face down in the pool yeah you can't sorry, you can't stop him. can't stop him uh, speaking of spoiler alert, did Kansas City just get a uh, defensive touchdown here? They did. Picked it off right. like the one or right at the there goal. We, go. we might get a cover after all, baby. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, any predictions on where the next season goes? The only thing I'll say is I, I do think Kreese goes abroad. That's the only thing he can do because he can't stay stateside. And then if you noticed, all the relationships between the boyfriend and girlfriends kind of aligned. That means they're about to just blow up and fall apart. I would say it has no other direction to go. I'm just curious to go to uh, another season. Is Chosen going to be a part of that season, or is his part of it done? Because I really enjoyed him. Yeah, I could see him fading off. And Johnny the Papa. Yes. And and you know what? He's ready this time. Yeah. He's he's all about it. Can can we just say, though, um, LaRusso's wife. Like she's Smoke a fox, show. right? Yeah, she is. Like, like when they went out in the club and were dancing and everything, I'm like, you gotta get up on that dance floor, man. You gonna lose her? Like, yeah, and he kept, she kept saying, all I wanted to go is by the pool and have uh, a mai tai. Yeah, and, and like, and like, what's wrong with you, Danny boy? Yeah, come on, As, man. Uh, Silver likes to call him. Yeah, exactly. Get out there, Danny boy. Uh, but uh, I will say. Uh, uh, Johnny held his own in the fight there at the end. You know, he was getting his butt whipped, but then, like, he saw the uh, the picture of the unborn baby come out of his pocket, and he, he lost his shit, man, and he, he stepped up. It was like getting roid rage all of a sudden. Uh, Chosen did all right. He almost took sil- – Silver had a sword, man. You know, what are you going to do? But then, uh, you know, whenever uh, LaRusso stepped over the plate for the first time, he got the better of one of these guys. So, LaRusso, if you go back through the series, he hasn't won very many fights. So, good for you, Danny boy. I like when they're all at the Cobra Kai at the end there and you're not sure if uh, Chosen's alive or dead and he gets out and he's talking about how bloody he is LaRusso and he's like, oh, it's just a flesh wound. He's like, ah, but it's all of your flesh. Because he was sliced <laughs> and diced. I thought he was dead for sure. Uh, cool. I, I, I do want to see what happens with the kid that Robbie was uh, mentoring though because he turned into such a prick, man. Kenny? And, and like, yeah, Kenny was such a jackass. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's blinded by Cobra Kai. What do you expect? Yeah. I would think that they go to another season that Kim Dayon or whatever somehow finds a way to get into Cobra Kai and becomes more of a villain or yeah. a main villain. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe Johnny will take over Cobra Kai and try to restore some faith in it. or I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But it, it's it's still got some room, but you feel it winding down, and it makes me sad because the nostalgia kick. My God, just the soundtrack in this season was fantastic. Yes. It was great. Loved every minute of it. So, uh, I, you know what? I'm going to say the cheese factor is is like a 9 out of 10 in this show, but I don't care. I'm here well, for it. One of the things that I like the most about that is whenever they're talking to the guy who's deciding who gets to go into the tournament, and he brings out the Rocky movie, and then they're talking yes. back and forth. And then at the end, he's like, well, I can change, and you can change. Yeah. <laughs> they reference Rocky for <laughs> multiple times because they know what good TV is, damn it. Yep. All I needed was hearts on fire to get played, and we would have been set. Uh, but speaking of music and, and things like that, I, I wanted to ask you guys this question as we wrap up the show. Just because we mentioned that it was getting a little bit fallout 
outside and I've seen the memes already pop up about what's coming. We know, we know two things are coming. I just got to ask you, the listeners want to know what's worse. The fact that we're about to get the pumpkin spice, live, laugh, love white woman with the scarf coming out of the woodwork uh, where you'll go to a Starbucks and there'll be 15 women named Ashley there and they all spell their name different. Or just a little bit more than a month from now, coming out of the ocean like Godzilla will be Mariah Carey and the Christmas music. So which do you look forward to the least? For me, it's the Mariah Carey music because I don't go to Starbucks, but I see all the people who should go to Starbucks walking around with their Starbucks cup. That doesn't get me. That doesn't bother me. The Mariah Carey thing, because everywhere you go, it's on. So all the Facebook pictures of everyone in their fall decor and their scarves and their boots and everything trying to look like Uh, fall as fuck. For for me, it's pumpkin spice because it's way longer period than Christmas. Yes. And I'm so busy during Christmas, I don't even really care about Mariah Carey. It's just a thing that happens. But the pumpkin spice people, it's like a personality trait. It's an identity. It's what they are. I posted this meme today, actually. It says, pumpkin spice Glock, white girl. Oh, my God, Brittany, I can't even. Let's get matching Glocks. (laughs) Pumpkin spice Glock, get yours today. Is that an orange Glock? Is that what that is? Yes. Uh, Of course it is. Get yours today. Because all you got to do is say it's something. That's how you sell more guns. Just tell them it's a pumpkin spice Glock, and they're going to eat it up. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you need to do. Men, go get you some pumpkin spice body wash. On the next Real Housewives of uh, Orange County, we all got matching pumpkin spice Glocks. That's exactly right. Ah. (laughs) Can you can you smell it? Yeah. I can't wait for that season to end. And uh, that's the worst thing about football season is that women are trying to make it their season, and it's not what it is. The best thing about right now is the fact that it's almost the best time, or it is the best time of year for uh, sports for most Americans because college and pro football are getting into the third, fourth week. Your pennant race in the MLB. Hell yes. The NBA starts in a month, but those two right there – as big as fantasy football is football in general with the, the pennant race. So. And it's uh, also almost weather time for uh, hoodies and shorts, right? And there's no, no better wet, no better weather out there than being able to wear a hoodie with a pair of shorts. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. amen my All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's been another episode of the, we don't know sports podcast. We appreciate you letting us invade your ears. Make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast, find us on social media, huge presence on Facebook. Don't forget about the groups, football's life, America's pastime. Uh, Biggie, what's the basketball group name? I always forget all things, basketball, all things, basketball and puck talk and puck talk. We love hockey. So, uh, again, uh, Enjoy the season. Don't let the pumpkin spice latte get you down because football's coming this weekend. We'll post our picks for everyone to see here in the next day and a half. And as always, enjoy your weekend. Until next time, bye-bye.